Hey there, welcome to Curtis the Word. I'm your host, Britt, and fun fact about me, I love cheese. I love cheese so much, I let it completely change my life, and I've never looked back. And chances are, if you've found this podcast, you like cheese too. Each week, I'll take you on a cheese-filled journey where we taste it, learn about who makes it, super cool spots to buy it, and more. So whether you're looking for a new cheese to fall in love with or just trying to figure out the fancy words in the deli case, come hang out with me and let's have a good a time. Wow, my first episode. This is actually surreal for me. A total dream come true. Some people wish for a fancy house or a fancy car and that's nice too, but I just want to eat cheese and talk about it. So here we are. But before I do, I want to go ahead and let you know of a few cool events happening in the cheese world. Luckily for us curd nerds, there's a lot of big cheese events happening this summer. Starting with my favorite event this Sunday, the Cheesemonger Invitational. Unfortunately, tickets are sold out, but there will be some at the door on a first-come, first-served basis. The Cheesemonger Invitational is more than just an all-you-can-eat cheese fest. Mongers from all over the country will be competing against each other in categories such as the perfect pairing, the ultimate cheese board, cutting the cheese without a scale, and more. All while we sit around and eat cheese that 20 to 30 different cheesemakers have presented to us. Up next, you have the American Cheese Society's 40th Anniversary Conference. This conference is every year, but this year they're celebrating their 40th birthday. Running from July 18th to the 23rd, there will be plenty of cheese speakers, cheese networking, a cheese crawl that requires a passport, some late night karaoke, and even a 5K hosted by the Cheese Leads. Trust me when I say this, I am not doing this grandfather of conferences any justice with these few facts. So be sure to check it out at cheesesociety.org. Following that, in, on August 13th in Greensboro, Vermont, there's the Vermont Cheesemakers Festival, which features over 30 cheesemakers, all presenting cheese as, again, all you can eat. I know one thing, I'll definitely be taking off that following Monday. And of course, we have some smaller events, such as the Beer and Cheese Collective's 9th anniversary party on Saturday, June 24th. I also know that Tuesday, June 27th, Olympia Provisions, who is known for making amazing charcuterie and cured meats, will be doing a meat takeover at the Meat Hook in Brooklyn, New York. If you've never tried their cured meats, now's your chance. Also this Friday, Birch Run Hills in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania, will have some live music to accompany your cheese, wine, and hanging out with their cows for their weekly happy hours. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my own cheese tasting class with a DIY cheese board making coming up Thursday, June 29th in Westfield, New Jersey. Feel free to DM me for more information if you're in the area. And if you can't make any of these things, you can always check out the Philly Cheese School or Murray's as they always have events going on almost every day of the week where you can learn more about cheese and do your own tastings. For my Midwest friends, it seems like there's a cheese curd festival happening all weekend starting Friday, June 23rd. And for those of you near Pomona, California, well, this Saturday, June 24th, there's going to be a Parmesan Reggiano cracking party at Homage Brewing. Let me tell you, my next goal is to taste a Parmesan Reggiano as soon as the wheel is cracked. And if you've ever wanted to have your own wheel of cheese, Culture Cheese Magazine is giving away a wheel of Marca Alvino cheese from Spain. This wine-soaked goat cheese is not your average goat cheese, and details to enter will be available in my show notes. Now let's taste some cheese. 
A quick heads up to get the most out of this. If you're interested in tasting along with me, I encourage you to open the link to the Comte flavor wheel, which can be found in my show notes. It features a breakdown of flavor profiles you may find in cheese and will help you learn more about your own palate by determining what you can and cannot taste. Today, we're going to stay pretty local to me in the Northeast region and visit two outstanding creameries. Full disclosure, I think all creameries are kind of outstanding, as I have yet to meet an artisanal cheese that I don't like. But anyway, first up is Old Chatham Creamery's Nancy's Hudson Valley Camembert, and then we will get our paws on Jasper Hill's infamous Cabot cloth-bound cheddar. Old Chatham Creamery is tucked away in the Finger Lakes region of New York, not Chatham, New York, which I wrongfully assumed which if you ever get a chance to visit either, please do. But for the Finger Lakes, don't go in the winter. I went to college up there, and those TikToks about laughing at your college self going to parties in a snowstorm wearing a short American apparel dress is factually correct. It's funny because as I've been learning so much about cheese, there's actually a lot that come from this region. And part of me is like, why did I not get into this sooner? I guess we can blame the release of the original Four Loco clouding my better judgment. Anyway, as it turns out, I was only half wrong, as the original creamery started out in 1993 in the Hudson Valley region of New York, serving up our beloved Hudson Valley Camembert and sheep's milk yogurt to both that area and New York City. Give me a second, I think I need to add sheep's milk yogurt to my list of things to try. At the time, sheep's milk anything was a diamond in the rough, which put Old Chatham Creamery on the map. Nowadays, we have a picturesque, sustainable, family-owned farm that offers the milk trifecta, cow, goat, and sheep, for both cheeses and some yogurts. The current owners, Dave and Sally, acquired it in 2014 because, and fun cheese trivia fact, Dave was a really notable professor of dairy science at Cornell for like over 30 years and started supplying the creamery with sheep's milk in 2012. I swear, the cheese community knows no bounds. The variety of backgrounds of people who end up in cheese pursuing their passion literally never ceases to blow my mind. And let me tell you, this hunk of camembert in front of me tastes like a passion for dairy. Named after the creamery's original owner, the Nancy's Hudson Valley Camembert is kind of an homage to simpler times. And a step in the right direction if you enjoy brie and want to explore something complex, but still a little turned off by a stronger, stinkier cheese. I'm sure I'll say this a few times, but brie is actually the gateway drug of soft cheese. Speaking of brie... What's the difference between brie and camembert, you may ask? Well, for one, their origin stories are both from France, but in different locations. Camembert comes from Normandy, while brie comes from, well, brie, but it's now broken into different towns these days. Um, but the way they're made is different. Brie has a lot of cut curd, which releases more whey when it gets drained out, whereas camembert uh, matures faster because there is no curd to cut as it's all one piece to preserve the moisture. They taste differently too, even though to the naked non-industry eye, they almost look exactly the same. Camemberts are earthier, more like that wet ground, barnyard, farmhouse flavor, whereas Brie's are a little bit sweeter, still have a, that mushroomy taste in the rind, but definitely a little bit lighter and a little bit creamier with that butter flavor. And even though this cheese is a camembert, I feel like it kind of falls on the halfway range between a Brie and a camembert, but let's get into it. 
Made with cow and sheep's milk along with some cow's cream, this triple cream pillow of bloomy rind cheese has climbed the ladder of my go-to cheeses with its hands tied behind its back. It's a little bit sweet, it's a lot bit creamy, but it's not too decadent. It's still pretty light, which is a good thing because then I can eat more of it. And it's a dual textured cheese. So when you cut it open, like if you gave yourself a little wedge, you'd actually see like three layers. So there's like a center layer that's totally different than the paste underneath the rind. Who doesn't love a BOGO sale? Looking at this cheese, it's a typical white bloomy rind. I did ruin this the second time I ate it because I let it sit out too long. If you don't know, cheese should be room temperature when you eat it. I know it might sound gross to a few of you, but I promise the flavors really present themselves when they're not too cold out of the refrigerator. But when I opened it up, the first time. <laughs> it had the three layers I was talking about. There's the rind, the bloomy white covering, if you will. There's a soft, fudgy ivory paste located underneath that. And in the middle, there is a whiter and semi-soft, almost crumbly a little bit, extra layer. And since sheep's milk has the highest fat content, it's really no wonder why when I left this out too long, this baby was oozing all over the place. I mean, hand me a piece of bread because there's no such thing as cheese that's actually ruined. Let's take a smell. It's a little bit stinky. It's not as French stink as you think it would be or like an apois. Uh, but if we look at the Comte wheel, I would say it most closely resembles the lactic section. Think farm fresh milk, whey, cultured cream, melted butter, a little bit of hay, and maybe almost like slight hints of vanilla, cashew, and walnut. Time to dig in. Immediately off the bat, I'm met with a creamy acidic taste with a lightly sharp barnyard flavor. It kind of has a bit of a dry finish, which I like to think is in large part because of the complex tangy middle. Camemberts are known to be hearty, mushroomy, and have a wet earth kind of taste, as I mentioned before. In this case, the paste offers a hint of surprise sweetness, but follows up with that nutty, farm-fresh flavor we're looking for. The center has more of that bite, almost a touch citrusy when that acidic first taste comes in, but altogether it's just a flavorful farmstead explosion. While the smell is a good indicator of flavor, the flavor here is much stronger than the smell. Although the flavor notes from the Comte wheel stay somewhat the same, the rind definitely has much more of an earthy, almost grassy, kind of like a, like a in a great way, the floor of a farmhouse. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those videos on Instagram of places scooping soft cheese into a cone like ice cream lately, but I will say that this cheese could be perfect for that. Except I'd want it in a bowl, unless the cone was homemade. Apologies in advance, but I can be a little bit of a food snob about something really good. But even more ideal than an ice cream cone would be if this cheese was spread on a crusty baguette and topped with a savory jam. Now, usually my go-to for a bloomy rind cheese is honey and fig jam, but not here. I find a typical camembert has a more meaty, barnyard, grassy persona than this sweet cheese. The cheese itself is already tasting so good, so why smother that with something even sweeter? I think a salty jam like a caramelized onion or a smoky bacon would really bring out the sweet and lactic notes of this cheese. Pour yourself a glass of sparkling champagne or a crisp hard cider. And if you don't drink alcohol, I think this cheese pairs incredibly well with a cold ginger ale or a can of hop water. It's like that crisp light bite to wake up or cleanse your palate 
to the creamy complexity of this Nancy's delight. If I was making a cheese board with this, not only would I make her the center of attention, but I'd probably put some salty prosciutto nearby. When I dived in, I was lucky enough to have a pack of Potter's crackers, which was just divine, and I don't even think it needed anything on top. But I also went ahead and tried it with a water cracker, and I know I said no fig jam here, but the only thing I could find in my refrigerator was caramelized fig jam by Blake Hill, and honestly, the sweetness of the jam cut that lemony citrus middle part, and the savory caramel flavor really illuminated the fresh cream taste of the cheese. Oh, Nancy, you crowd pleaser, you award winner of the American Cheese Society 2018, everyone loves you. And luckily for all of us, Nancy's Camembert can be found at both cheese shops and some grocers. I also saw they're on Fresh Direct if you like to grocery shop online. And if you want to kill two birds with one stone, you can buy it directly off the Murray Cheese website. Ugh, I almost don't want to dig into another cheese because this one is that good. But that wouldn't be fair to the thousands of other cheese out there, would it? Another classic for your arsenal, and my Real Housewives of New Jersey fans get that, is the Jasper Hills Cabot Cloth Bound Cheddar. But fair warning, this cheddar is not what you usually think of with cheddar, because I know what you're thinking. Doesn't cheddar have to be bright orange and chewy and comforting? Bonus points if it's already cut into cubes. Well, other than comforting, I'm here to change your mind. But before we go down this cheesy trail, what is Jasper Hill? Jasper Hill is one of the more popular creameries in the Northeast, and for good reason. Nestled away in Greensboro, Vermont, Jasper Hill makes some incredible cheeses. In fact, if you're at Whole Foods or another large grocer and you see their blue and orange label, you're in good hands. From stinky washed rinds to natural rind crumbly boys like this one, or even young bloomy babes, it's all made with love and made sustainably. While I've been eating Jasper Hill for quite some time, I'm really looking forward to checking them out when I head to Vermont for the Cheesemakers Festival I mentioned earlier. Then I can see their operation in action. They also offer a cheese camp for those in the industry to get a really hands-on experience. The pictures I've seen online look so cool. I also recently did a deep dive on Jasper Hill during my artisan cheese class at the University of Vermont, but I'll talk more about that in a later episode. Jasper Hill is synonymous with hard work and innovation. There's these two brothers, Andy and Matteo, who bought a somewhat dormant dairy farm back in the late 90s and built a creamery along with their own aging facility. And 20 plus years later, we have the Jasper Hill and the sellers at Jasper Hill that we know and love today. With every bite of their, any of their cheeses, it feels your senses are immediately transported to like a lush green Vermont meadow. Throw a couple cows in there and put on the out of office message. But there's one cheese that changed the course of Jasper Hill's future, and that bad boy we are eating today, the Cabot Cloth-Bound Cheddar. I'm sure almost everyone recognizes the name Cabot cheese. It's everywhere, and they sell pre-cut cheese that fits perfectly on crackers. What more could you need? Oh, I don't know. How about a layer of lard wrapped in cloth and then aged in a temperature and humidity controlled room? Enter Andy and Mateo's family farm. When Cabot caught wind of what was happening at Jasper Hill, a beautiful cheese brainchild was born. Cabot already had the reputation and the awards for their cheeses, and now it was time to take it a step further. After aging the Cabot cheddar for a year or so at Jasper Hill, the cheese was a success, even winning the best of show at the American Cheese Society in its primary year. 
Thanks to this collaboration, the cellars were born, a massive underground cheese aging space. And that's not all. As I mentioned, Jasper Hill has one of the most innovative creameries around, with their own laboratory and other science-y things to truly encapsulate the Vermont environment into their quality products. I strongly recommend hopping on the Jasper Hill website. Between the very detailed and inspiring biography and the PDF downloads for each cheese with notes and pairing ideas, you could spend five minutes a day on there for a month. And then congratulations, because you're officially on your way to being a cheese connoisseur. After all that, I feel like a mere peasant in the presence of this cheese. Like in Wayne's world, I'm not worthy. But it was just looking at me at Whole Foods the other day. And even though I promised my husband, I'm not getting anything, you know I got it. And after doing the research for this episode, now I'm like borderline emotional. My cheese intuition has really progressed so much. So right off the bat, it's crumbly. It has a natural rind. It's flaky. It's way less orange than the cheddar cheese we're used to, but it's also less white than the white cheddar cheese we're used to too. It almost kind of has like a gradient effect, like a gradient beige. It's like darker towards the rind and then it gets more ivory towards the center. And it smells delightful. I'm talking nutty, caramel, salty, a little meaty and brothy, or as my husband likes to say, as a term of endearment, old foot. (laughs) It also has that like roasted, toasted bread, candied yams. I mean, I don't see the candied yams on the flavor wheel, but hey, it works here. Now let's take a bite. Pieces towards the rind are going to taste a little bit different than pieces towards the center. And that's a cheese fun fact. But here towards the rind, I get a bit of a smoky tobacco, toasted burnt bread ends, like uh, something on the flavor wheel says wet wool. And I have to say, I completely understand that. But more towards the center, you've got this like salty, there's like the protein crystal crunch, um, Back to what I said with like caramel, buttered popcorn. It's like you almost think it's going to be an aged Gouda, but then that little hint of smoky with that big cream feeling and flavor of cheddar comes barreling through and you're quite glad that this is not Gouda. As I mentioned before, I had some water crackers on hand, and because Jasper Hill recommended an apple jelly, which I completely agree with, I found a bacon apple jam. And I will say it was delicious, but the bacon flavor was a little bit too strong for this. The apple kept the sweetness in check, and at the end, the cheddar ended up carrying the entire bite all the way through. I do think I wish I had like a true apple jam. I should have tried it with like just a plain honey on a cracker. Or have you ever seen those like little bread crackers that have raisins and nuts in them? Like that I think would be so good. Again, I'm always looking for sweet and savory. However, I do think that this cheese is a perfect solo snacking cheese. It needs no introduction and would be happily ever after being completely independent. But that would be simple and kind of boring, and that's not me. So I recommend an earthy, dry red wine like a Cabernet Sauvignon or a Bordeaux, or even better, a blend that has Cabernet and Syrah, because bonus points to have that earthy vibe. I also would really enjoy a hazy IPA if we're just like snacking on this casually, if you have just like a plate of the cheese. Um, and if you, again, if you don't drink, fine by me. I think a nice cold root beer or a cherry cola would really balance out the flavors here. And if you feel the need for a carb here, be my guest. This is the no judgment zone. I would go with something neutral. Think like the firehood 
flatbread crisps in the olive oil flavor, or again, my usual, (laughs) oh, the OG Cars Water Cracker to not overpower the flavor of the cheese. I'd also put this cheese either next to some cut apple slices or with a dollop of apple butter or jelly, just like it was recommended on the Jasper Hill website, because apples and cheddar are a combo that always go hand in hand. And I know I mentioned that honey would be great here, but what about some hot honey? Maybe just a little dab, because I think if it's too spicy, it'll ruin the flavor of the cheese. But what I really see here is that this cheese would be so good on brioche, grilled cheese, apples, microgreens, wash it down with like a can of Coke or a black unsweetened iced tea for like lunch on a Saturday. Oh man, too bad I have to close out this episode. Otherwise, I'd be greasing up a frying pan right now. But real quick, you can find this wherever Jasper Hill sells their cheese. Whole Foods, cheese shops around the country, directly through their website, or even some Chi-Chi kitchen stores like Williams-Sonoma or Food 52, and they offer Jasper Hill gift baskets. Just in case you're wondering, my birthday's in April. So there you have it, two award-winning cheeses that are made with similar ingredients just in two totally different methods, both equally delicious and both made from folks who live for cheese, and I am a firm believer that when cheese is made with love, it reigns supreme. But the fun doesn't end here, my lactose-loving friends. Whether you're a cheese connoisseur or just waking up to the cheesy world that exists beyond pre-cut Cracker Barrel, there is always more to discover and more to savor. So be sure to check out my Instagram for more dairy delights at The Bee's Cheese. That's the B as in me, Brittany, S as in Swiss, and cheese. And of course, if there's a cheese that I need to try, go ahead and slide right into my DMs because curd is always the word. Bye for now. Bye.